Hi, Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we're all about safer holiday driving. This April, get one tyre free when you buy three selected Bridgestone, Yokohama or Dunlop tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cash back on selected tyre brands like Bridgestone, Michelin, Pirelli, Goodyear, Continental and Dunlop. We won't be beaten with our best tyre price guarantee. Shop online at bobjane.com.au. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we'll look after you. Taste and see supply. coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, welcome back to the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Racefields here. My name is Grant Rowley. I'm currently in a car on a bit of a road trip in Perth, heading away from the circuit, heading to a Repco internal function. And I've got two pretty cool friends in the car with me. I'm going to sit in the back and I'm going to throw the microphone at these guys. I've got Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com. He's also uh, a part of the Castrol Motorsport News podcast. And I have Charlie Barlow from Supercars and supercars.com. You see her face from time to time. We hear ABL's voice. Uh, Charlie looks way better than you. Sounds better than you, Andrew. I'll start with Charlie. Actually, I'll start with both of you. How, how are you guys? Thanks for coming on Parked Up. Well, thank you so much for having me, gents. I think I said before you hit record that this was not on my list uh, when I woke up this morning that I would be doing. Driving Andrew Van Leeuwen's, uh, you know, red little polo and driving you two back to the sandbar for us to go to a Repco event. This was not on my Thursday schedule. <laughs> this, this is in a very typical parked up fashion to just not being planned but this uh, has worked out an absolute treat. ABL you've been on this podcast a million times you're on a million other podcasts as well mate uh, thanks for having us over in Perth Yeah no you're very welcome here you certainly, um, you give it a lot of grunt on your intro there, like you really project very well when you talk I'm feeling a bit self conscious now about um, oh. about how I go about the business but um, yeah no it's good, this is um this is fun just cruising along here and like obviously any embarrassment that I might feel about the way that I speak or project has been completely overshadowed by the fact that Charlie stalled my car about three times since we left the circuit so uh, I'm at least like the only the second most shamed person in the car so yeah that's kind of where we're at cool hey this is a uh, and this is your nice little get around as well this is your you drive a Volkswagen Golf I like these cars. These these are kind of cool. Yeah, it's just a little red car. <laughs> it screams around town. It's a beauty. Charlie looks pretty comfortable there. I think she's um she's going to trade me the Mustang for it. I think. I think that's on the cards. All right. So look, we're heading to a, a Repco function. Both of you guys are going to be involved. Uh, Charlie is going to be the hostess with the mostess, and ABL is going to chime in with some uh, with some with some motorsport uh, banter and uh, give some of the Repco guys who are all very uh, interested, invested in in the racing through the major sponsorship. They're, um, uh, they're going to hear what's going on and, what, and you guys are going to give that and there's a couple of drivers going there as well, the two Shell V Power drivers uh, and a bunch of others. Charlie, do you do many of these type of corporate functions that uh, sort of fit in between race weekends? 
Yes, and my new um, job of Uber driving. Uh, I think I'm going to specialise in transporting journos around the country, which uh, seems to be quite fruitful at the moment. But yes, I do get to do a lot of these. I had the honour of actually hosting the MSR um, launch this year, which I was so honoured to be a part of. You know, I got to unveil the cars with Jack LeBrock and Cam Hill and being involved with Cam Hill. It's, you know, it's his rookie season in uh, the Repco Supercars Championship. So a bit of a special thing and a bit of a milestone moment for like my career. Um, and certainly, yeah, these things are definitely uh, ramping up for me. You know, I joined the big screen team last year, so you'll sort of see me on the um, sort of CCTV, if you like, um, when you come to the racetrack. So definitely enjoying that. And, yeah, it's sort of rolling on to these kind of corporate things. But this is my first one hosting for Repco, which I am really, really excited about. And what's great about it, though, guys, is that we're going to have employees from Repco. That's why we're doing it at 6.30 p.m. at night. These guys have been working all day, and then we're going to chuck on some drinks and some nibblies and then get some drivers and then get this wonderful human being next to me who actually knows stuff about motorsport which you know sometimes I just know about the off-track stuff. I'm like the drivers who obviously know nothing. <laughs> well it depends what you ask them right? Yeah. Depends who we've got but we've got a really great lineup. I'm not trying to ear bash anyone here but yeah it's going to be really good and who just doesn't love early knockoff drinks like forget Fridays, Thursday's where it's at. That's right, Thursday night drinks, you beauty. Um, okay, cool. Well, we can talk about some uh, race cars that are going to happen this weekend. Of course, we've got supercars, Super 2, Super 3, GT World Challenge, uh, Super Utes, and the I'm WA Historics. That's a, uh, that's a big one. Actually, there's some really cool cars. I walked past there before, and there's uh, some Valiant Paces, there's some Camaros, there's some Mini Miners. I haven't. Ford Galaxy that's about a kilometre long. That one you need to go and see. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll definitely go and check it out. Uh, let's let's talk about some supercars. AVL, some big changes. Not not maybe not big changes, but a series of changes in supercars that have happened uh, since the last time we were out at the Grand Prix. Everything from centre of gravity to engine to the little numbers that appear on the uh, windscreens. Uh, yeah, just uh, out of all of the um, shifts that we've seen in the tech regs, the sup regs, what one's the biggest one for you? Well, we don't really know because you say they're little changes, but we actually don't know what impact they're going to have. So the two big ticket items are obviously the centre of gravity change and the engine mapping change for the Ford. So they're both... They're both changes that should, on the surface, favour the Mustangs. We saw the Camaros lock out the podiums at the Grand Prix. There was a few mitigating circumstances there. There was actually two podium finishes for Mustang drivers that they, were, that they lost through penalties. But, you know, I think it's fair to say you could see how the four drivers would potentially reach a conclusion that perhaps they needed a little bit of a leg up based on what we saw at the Grand Prix. So... Um, the centre of gravity change, that was a product of centre of gravity testing that took place after the Grand Prix. That was scheduled before the Grand Prix. That wasn't our response to anything. It just hadn't actually happened. Quite a minor change if you look at the numbers, 2.3 millimetres higher in the Camaro, um, effectively by moving 4.97 kilograms of ballast above the fuel cell. Um, but again, like, you know, I spoke to Shane Van Gisbergen for my podcast uh, earlier in the week and he sort of said, well, you know, maybe it's not, like, it's not insignificant. It's still a change in the centre of gravity. So um, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, the other one is the engine mapping, which 
is uh, will be updated for this weekend. Ford's been lobbying for that even before the Grand Prix as well. Um, that is relating mostly to throttle response, which seems to be what drivers are really struggling with with the Ford. Um, so that's you know they make these electronic changes to the ECU fairly quickly, fairly easily. So the good part with all that, they can kind of tweak, and if it doesn't work, it's always easy to reverse or to revise or whatever. I think the category needs to be a bit more fluid with this 28-day engine specification document update policy. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what effect that has and obviously anything um, anything you know engine related is always going to be fairly sensitive it's just sort of it's interesting to see that we're going through this because we just haven't had anything like that with engine for so long and it's kind of highlighted the fact that with the fact that we're using more production based you know throttle systems and these electronic throttle systems and that sort of stuff and single throttle bodies that you can be hitting exactly the same um, accumulated engine power numbers and they are spread over such a massive rev, rev range and broken down into such tiny, tiny segments that you would think parity has to exist between these motors based on the fact that you've got parity in the AEP but the way they drive is just so different which wasn't the case with the old spec engine. So they're, they're the two big I mean LED light panels, sorry but who really cares? Um, the, you know, we've got some fireproofing to the inner guards. Uh, we've got the catch can venting shifted in response to the fires. That's all pretty straightforward stuff. But yeah, the, the parity changes are going to be the big ones this weekend. Cool. And looking forward to seeing how it goes. Might see some, I don't know if we'll see some foxing during the uh, Friday practice session, but I guess we'll all find out certainly on Saturday if there is uh, any shift in, in how it is. You say you don't care about the LED lights, but I care about them. They're um, Maybe I don't care about them that much, but um, Charlie, maybe for yourself, uh, the, the LED lights is such a visual thing that the fans can see and it's you know they'll have live updates I guess effectively of where the positions of the cars are at the start of the race it seems like a bit of a tear up because we know exactly where they are but I suppose it'll come really come into handy when we see uh, pit stops and we're going to see pit stops at this race and on this short track where uh, where, where pit stops can can really shuffle up and it puts a lot of pressure on the teams that's where fans at home but particularly at the track are going to get a, uh, a a real helping hand yeah i think actually avl really summed it up really well on his podcast actually which i listened to on the flight over here so you're welcome not enough but not too many uh plugs for his podcast please thank you <laughs> so you're welcome for the extra uh, little uh, uh number there on the, the it's, it's not viewership listenership yeah. listenership there we go anywho so Back to me. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, AVL summed it up really well, the fact that it is something for the fans. And I think, you know, with Gen 3, with this whole new platform that we're working with, and also what, you know, the new ownership and everyone's trying to bring on board is about the racing, the spectacle, and what fans can experience. You know, we've got an amazing broadcast product, and we really want to try and elevate what guys have, what fans have at the track. So, I think the LED is something that can go towards that. It's not going to solve 
all of the problems or not that we have problems but it's not going to make fan engagement just go through the roof itself it's one of the tools that we can use as a motorsport category moving into the future to service our fans the reason why we've all got jobs and the reason why we all go racing and i think that's what's really important and i think that's what you know all of us at supercars want and then all of us around it in the motorsport community that's what we want is a better product that we can all talk about get excited about and that we all dedicate our lives to right so the led panels is all part of a, a bigger essence of trying to get the engagement of fans and improve the product when you're at the racetrack excellent um Charlie, that was amazing, and I just got distracted as AVL was trying to take some uh, selfies of us while we're uh, while we're doing this. Um, okay, um, now I guess the one cool thing about coming to Perth is that uh, it's cool one when cool you thing. yeah, there's only there's there's one cool thing. Or well, like I really enjoy it when I get here. It just takes so bloody long to get here, Andrew. You know how far it is away from the east coast? It's a it's some distance. I had no idea um, how far it is. I obviously don't make that journey twice a month or whatever it ends up being. So no, thank you, Grant. That's very enlightening. It is amazing that you do come to almost every, if not every, supercars event, and you have to travel. Uh, quite some distance to do it um but i guess where i'm going with all of this is the the uh the supercars are very very well supported here in perth they've been coming here basically every year did they miss one maybe in the noughties yeah the, oh was no nah, it was in the te- 20 i don't know i can't remember 44 years been here 44 years and yeah i think it's the track that's held the most uh, supercar races I think it's up close to near the hundred so yeah I think it's great and everyone really embraces it just even getting to the airport yesterday uh, yeah you can sort of see that people actually engage with our drivers just standing at the conveyor belt and <laughs> I think people are just excited to have them back in town. Excellent Andrew why why do we have so much support for top level Australian motorsport over here? I think that is it, it is there is a certain traditional element to it. Like I remember, we were talking about this today at the track. I remember some of my earliest memories are getting up at four o'clock in the morning to drive all the way from Serpentine to Wanneroo, which was it's a hall now and it was an even bigger hall back then when the freeway didn't go as far and sit in the traffic because there was only one gate to get in there and we'd sit there for a couple of hours and people would camp on the side of the road near the gate the night before and I don't know. There's just always been this. You know, this is Perth is a fairly small place. Um, it obviously has a great sporting heritage in general. You know, like the AFL, where well, the Eagles have been remarkably successful over the years, um, produce some great cricketers from here, and produce some good race car drivers as well, including you know our second most recent Formula One driver and our most recent Formula One race winner, Daniel Ricciardo. So you know, like it's just a place that that you know, there's great weather here. Everyone loves the outdoors. It produces sports people, and people like watching sports. It's just a good sporting place, and top-level motor racing obviously fits into that bracket as well. So, you know, we've sort of seen crowds come and go in terms of numbers over the years um, at Wanneroo, but it's always been fairly consistent, and particularly after we had the sort of COVID break. Last year was a really good crowd. Um, Hopefully this year we get another really good crowd again, I think, the day racing thing probably actually works a little bit better here just given access in and out of the facility and the time difference to the east coast and stuff and you know it's just one of those 
it's not the most glamorous event on the calendar. We know that, but it's one of those sort of. It's like Tassie, and it's like Winton when we have Winton. Um, in that, it's just, it's Charlie's trying to do something with my car here, and I don't. What are you trying to do? Turn the lights on, the headlights. The lights are on. Oh, are they? Yeah, it's oh. on automatic. Oh, so you just high beam that dude right in the bumper bar. Um, just to keep him awake. He's awake now. Um, <laughs> he's driving into the sun and now has high beam. We're heading west directly into the sunset and he's got like Charlie high beaming straight through his rear windscreen. I'm in the UK. I've got no idea where the sun's um, bloody rising. Um, and I've totally forgotten what I was trying to say as well. I think you were saying something like Perth is the best. Yeah, well, that's that's where I was sort of going. No, it's a heartland event, so it's not it's not glamorous, but you know, it's like when we had Winton on the calendar, which and I actually do think Winton is a massive loss off the supercars calendar. They're the important events to breed, gen, you know, the next generation of fans and all that sort of stuff. You know, we need the big events. We know we need to start the season with a Newcastle or something similar. We know we need to finish it with an Adelaide or something similar. But you need this stuff as well. It's still vitally important for our sport. Yeah, for sure. And uh, look, I love coming to uh, Wanneroo, Barbagello, carco.com.au Raceway. Tell me what's the, what do you think about the name, the new name of the venue? I guess it's, it's, it's been called carco.com.au Raceway for a while, but now we're, we're all seeing it. And having a, a URL as part of the name of anything is a bit cumbersome and, and long. What do you think? It's clumsy. It's a really difficult one because it's clumsy. And it was so nice because, I mean, at the end of the day, and this is the thing I think people don't necessarily understand, is that Barbagello Raceway was a commercial sponsor name. You know, like Alf Barbagello paid largely for some big upgrades in the early 90s, including building the short circuit and that sort of stuff. And that was part of a very long-standing sponsorship deal to call it Barbagello Raceway. So that's not a traditional name either. Its traditional name is Wanneroo Park Raceway. Um, and that's what it became again, or Wanneroo Raceway. And it was nice to have that back. But obviously it's nice to have that back. But we also can't kind of turn our nose up at people spending money in our sport. Like, it's hard to just say, this is a stupid name. It is a stupid name. Like, carco.com.au Raceway, is a, it's a silly name. But carco.com.au is spending money in our sport and it's not about really benefiting this weekend like and it's it's about benefiting the facility which a facility that I use a lot you know I go club racing up here and drive race cars and help run race cars for people we use this facility a lot I'm a member of the WA Sporting Car Club so there's you know it's it's we have this same conversation at club level as well it looks silly well okay cool but they're spending money that's ultimately going to benefit it's a club you know, it's a it's that that money goes back into the club and goes back into the facilities that we use ten times a year, not just once a year. So yeah, it's a tricky one. It'd be nice if it had a much cooler name, Castrol Raceway. Like that would have been unreal, but it's not. It is they're the people spending the money, so good on them. Yeah, cool. I beg to differ. I reckon there's something cool to come out of this weekend. If Brody Kostecki, hometown hero, if he does well, it's the Coca-Cola Camaro winning at the carco.com.au raceway. <laughs> How cool is that? And I asked Will Brown to say it three times fast, couldn't do it. So I thought you were going to say rename it. If he wins, rename it Kostecki Raceway. I was going to be like, whoa, slow down. Like, let's, <laughs> he's going all right, but let's, he's not quite there. Uh, no, he is going okay. And actually, speaking of Brody Kostecki, our uh, good friend Mark Fogarty, uh, just as the uh, 
navigation gives us some directions not to speed too much. Um, the uh, our, our good friend Mark Fogarty spoke to Brody Kostecki for Parked Up Plus. Of course, that's out every Monday evening, and Fog spoke to uh, Kostecki about a whole bunch of things. But most specifically, leading the Repco Supercars Championship, which he currently does now, heading into this weekend's carco.com.au. Tokusteki. Geocities. Here's Fogues and Brody. Brody Kostecki, welcome to Parked Up. So, Brody, heading back home, leading the championship. Are you excited? excited um you know going home to my you know my home round and you know as you would say being born and raised in perth uh you know western australia um you know carrying the um orange numbers there is going to be really cool in front of you know friends and family as well and um yeah really just looking forward to it i've really enjoyed you know the racing so far this year well of course you would because you're doing so well um i don't know mate are you surprised that Erebus is setting the pace so far. Yeah, I'm not really surprised to be honest. Um, you know, the, there's there's been a a lot of hard work and effort, you know, behind the scenes that's gone into this, um, you know, Gen Three era. Um, you know, as far as from our side of things on the Erebus side, and um, you know, from when I first did my first lap, you know, when we shook the car down, um, you know, you know, Winton for the first time. Um, you know, I felt confident in the car straight away, and you know, the team's just done a fantastic job, you know, giving me the tools that I need to be able to, you know, run up front and, um, you know, be on that top step and, you know, fight for wins, um, you know, so far this season. Well, mate, you've been coming like a freight train for a couple of years, and now you're right up there. How is it battling with the established greats? You know, well. Shane Van Gisbergen is the is the top is the top one, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's been sort of the benchmark for the last couple of years since you know sort of Scotty left, and um, you know he's a pretty sort of hard and um, you know respectful racer as well. He's you know very knowledgeable about you know how how the car works and um, you know where you know car placement and whatnot, and um, you know every time that I've had to race him, whether or not it's been in a you know obviously up the front or whether he's coming back through the pack you know if he's had an incident um you know he's always been really fun to race and um you know you really have to you know put your big boy pants on when you're racing him um you know he's pretty smart so um yeah it's 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 going to be a good challenge for me and i'm really looking forward to it well you're clearly not afraid of going wheel to wheel door to door with anyone are you looking forward to this season being a, well, a big battle? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, if we just focus on, you know, ourselves on the, um, you know, Erebus side and, um, you know, just maximise, you know, every race that we can and minimise mistakes. And, you know, so far this season, um, you know, it's been fantastic. The team's put in a lot of work at the pit stops in the off season. You know, it's no surprise that that used to be a weak point, but, um, you know, I've, I've seen every single day at four o'clock, you know, videos coming through in our group chat, you know, with the team with, um, you know, pit stop practice and, um, you know, it's hard work and dedication, you know, like that, that really sort of, um, you know, gives me a burst of energy to, you know, put in a lot of effort from my side of the things to, um, 
you know, try, you know, try win races, and that's you know the the dedication that goes into the sport behind the scenes. Okay, so we know now that Shane Van Gisbergen is staying in supercars for at least, well, multi-year contract, probably two or three years. Is is that an incentive to stay here to beat him? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was, I'm, regardless if it was to beat him or whatever, you know, there's 25 other guys out there and, you know, he was the benchmark for, I guess, the last three years. But, um, you know, the good thing about this sport is it resets every year like, like you know, most sports. So, uh, but, you know, I guess he's been fortunate enough to, you know, be the man for the last three years. But um, there's been a pretty big reset this year with the new car and whatnot, obviously, that we've seen so far. So, um, yeah, I've, I always had, you know, boxes to tick on my on my side of things before I looked anywhere else. And, you know, that's going to, um, you know, be the case until I tick them. And what are those other bo- boxes to be ticked? I mean, you have a, a background in the United States. Is NASCAR still on the radar? Yeah, probably in the future. But, you know, as of as of right now, that's sort of the last thing on my mind. Um, you know, I'm sort of a, a pretty simple person, um, I like to put it. And to be honest, I don't even know the schedule for Perth. Um, you know, to be honest, I sort of just live day by day and, um, and, uh, you know, obviously put an effort into the rounds and, you know, do my study and whatnot, but, um, yeah, sort of just, just taking it step by step at this point and, um, just, just focusing on, you know, the task ahead and that's Perth coming up. Okay. So, I mean, you're a driver's driver, a lot of chat, a lot of discussion about what the Gen 3 cars like to drive they say they're more difficult are they and do you enjoy that um yeah i think that i wouldn't say they're more difficult um i'd say they're different and that's what makes it difficult um but yeah i think if you judge the car by itself without any preconceived you know thoughts or ideas um you know it's just a race car to me so um yeah there has been it's you know i guess little problems with it um you know i suppose with you know probably the biggest one being the crash damage being a bit hard to fix and um the cars being as not as strong as like initially thought but um to be honest it has sort of fixed a lot of the issues that we had last year with not being able to race closely and um you know the the cars obviously with the crash damage and whatnot there's going to be more crashes uh, unfortunately with the racing being closer so um you know last year you couldn't even get within a second of the uh car in front if you had the same pace you had to have a you know drastic pace difference to be able to you know to be able to pass the car in front and now that's not the case you can you know be the same speed and be able to stay right behind the car in front so uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting at Grand Prix um, you know from my point of view being able to follow a car directly behind and not having aero wash or not having to worry about that your tyres are going to be blown out in four corners so um, yeah, that, that was pretty exciting for me and um, actually quite surprising as well so um, yeah, I think the car's done its job so far on 80% of the things, but it's just going to be those 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 last little things that'll be, you know, take a while to get fixed. And life at Coca-Cola Racing, Eris Motorsport, it's, uh, well, to say the least, it's an eccentric team with an interesting owner and a equally interesting team boss, and uh, you're not exactly conventional, What's life like there at that team? Yeah, definitely. I think um, Betty likes to 
um, but I like where just a band of misfits um, sort of thing, which is um, you know true, true really, really to be honest. And um, yeah, we're all sort of eccentric in our own ways, and um, um, yeah, we all sort of just get along really well with each other, and everyone's got the same you know same agenda, and that's to you know be the best that they can be, and um, you know if everyone can um, you know do their job and you know focus on their job and be the best that they can be. Um, you know, we have results that we've had so far this year and, um, yeah, there's been sort of a change of culture in the team, team in the last, I guess, you know, two years to a year. Um, you know, we're, we're a very young team as well. We have, you know, very young employees and, um, you know, it's just really exciting to sort of be around everyone, sort of the age, you know, same age group, uh, bar a few of the guys. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's sort of a great atmosphere to be around and, um, yeah, we've had a, you know, a lot of fun, you know, this season and, um, you know, we had fun last season, but we weren't winning, um, obviously, and it's not really much fun to me when you're not winning, but um, yeah, you still have to make sure that everyone enjoys enjoys what they're doing and enjoy going to work every day. And Will Brown, he's keeping you honest, isn't he? Yep, he's, uh, he's definitely keeping me honest, and I'm not really surprised by that. Um, you know, we're more racing in the uh, junior categories and Super 2 coming up through. Um, you know, we were running into each other and um, you know, fighting each other for race wins and podiums. So yeah, obviously not really surprised by that. He's a, a great driver and an awesome teammate as well. And um, you know, we both are trying to focus on the bigger picture of you know becoming you know of, of Erebus Coca-Cola Racing. You know, becoming a powerhouse. So um, yeah, we're slowly getting there, and and um, yeah, we'll just keep sort of ticking along and you know see you know see how far we can go. All right, ready, Kostecki. Good luck for your homecoming in Perth this weekend and thanks for your time. Thanks, folks. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Brody. Uh, AVL, let's uh, crystal ball. Let's, uh, let's think about what might happen or what's going to happen at the end of this race weekend. Can Brody Kostecki still be leading the title? Is, is SVG coming and is he coming too fast, particularly on this low-grip uh, venue and maybe even a little bit of weather. Are you going to put on some weather for us this weekend? My question though is, is Brody still going to lead this championship at the end of it? Um, potentially, yeah. I don't think that's out of the question at all. It's kind of like Shane is obviously coming. He is rocketing up their standings, um, and he's already well and truly. I think he's third, well and truly back in contention, but. I don't think Brody's necessarily going to go anywhere super fast. They seem to really have a handle. Erebus seems to really have a handle on this new car. I think the one thing, I've spoken to Barry Ryan about this a few times, and I actually think there's something in it. The, the attitude from the drivers has, they've probably been the most positive about the cars, in, at least publicly, and just not really dwelling on the old cars, just getting on with it. And that seems to be paying dividends. Um, and there's the something, again, um, you know, it's something I spoke to. I spoke to Barry the other day um, for a feature I did for Autosport, another e- excellent place to get your motor racing news. Um, and he was saying that um, the big thing is that um, Brody, Brody is like Brody backs Brody hardcore, and Brody has always felt that he was as good as anybody in the field, Shane included. The thing that was always in the back of his mind is, has Shane got a better race car? And he doesn't have that anymore. There's no reason to believe Shane has a better race car than his. And and Barry really believes that's the turning point for Brody, that he doesn't have that anymore. 
and he goes into every session thinking, I'm as good a chance as putting this thing on pole or winning this race as anybody out here. And he's kind of starting to make a habit of doing that, or at least that's what we saw at the Grand Prix and in Newcastle with his pole. So um, as that belief grows even more, I don't. there's no reason to think that he's necessarily not going to be leading the championship, that Shane's just going to run away with it. You can never write Shane off against running away with it. That absolutely might happen. But I don't believe that it's as simple as Brody's kind of leading through some anomaly and Shane is just going to breeze past him. I think they're actually in the fight. I really think they're in the fight. Charlie, you're nodding your head there, and I don't think it's at the sat-nav because we're getting pretty close to our uh, Scarborough um, base here. But, uh, yeah, Brody, uh, a, a genuine title contender. Yeah, well, we've always pitched him as, you know, the battler, the tough, hard-nosed racer. And I think AGP, he well and truly proved it. I think there are quite a lot of people or drivers that when they see SVG in their rear view, it's really intimidating. Of course it is. The guy can drive the wheels off of everything he puts himself in. And yet Brody, he made it a wide Camaro in front of him. And that was impressive. He is not going to yield to SVG. And I think if these guys really take it toe-to-toe, I really reckon we are up for an extremely good year. I really do. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and, uh, and and really looking forward to it. And uh, I reckon that uh, you've, uh, you've, you would have given SVG a run for your money, though, or even Brody, uh, with the way you've wheeled this Volkswagen Golf, Andrew's Volkswagen Golf. Uh, it's been a faultless... A faultless drive so far. We're not at the end, so we won't uh, we won't count our chickens just yet. But we are very close to the end. And I do thank both of you very much for uh, filling in this car trip, which would have been um, I'm not sure how it would have gone if we weren't uh, doing the parked up podcast. But I do really appreciate you guys uh, uh, filling in your time and uh, and helping our listeners get ready for Perth this weekend. It's uh, coming up, of course, on your Foxtels and your KOs and uh, probably Channel 7 will run a little bit of it uh, as well. You'll be able to uh, catch all of AVL's um, uh, workings over the weekend through motorsport.com. You'll be able to uh, see what Charlie's up to on supercars.com. But do you have, or do you, do any, is there any big screen this weekend as well? Do the fans at the track get to get to see your face? Uh, not my face on it. There will be a big screen, but it will be showing probably what it should be showing, racing action, uh, which which is always a highlight. Um, but also, we've got so many different activations going on um, at Perth because that hill is just an iconic place that we go to when we're here. So, yeah, there are so many signing sessions. There's so many different things going on at the racetrack as well that don't involve screens um, or don't involve cars. So, yeah, make sure you definitely get amongst it. We had 22,000 people visit the state for you know, Perth last year, and I reckon you guys can absolutely beat that number this year, and I can't wait. Excellent. Okay, AVL, thanks for coming back on the Parked Up podcast. It's been a little while, but you, you're probably you're getting podcasted out. Oh no, you're only on one podcast these days. I'm only on one, yeah, I'm only on one, and every day and then on this one. But it has been a long time. You're right, it has been a long time. So let's just leave it a long time again. Well, <laughs> that is, that is rude. List, no, listeners, no, he didn't mean no, that. I love you know I love the parked up podcast. We've had some, we've done some good ones. You beauty. Okay, all right, everyone. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Uh, you'll hear from folks on uh, the windscreen wipers are going for no apparent reason. It's not raining. Perth is beautiful. 
we'll uh, you'll hear from us next week. You'll hear from folks on Monday. Take care. You've just listened to another Network R production.